Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Trail Culture. I'm your host, Em Robertson, and I'm so stoked that you're tuning in. Today we've got biokineticist Francois Jansen-Rensberg joining us on the podcast. Francois is a bio and the owner of Traverse Coaching. He brings years of experience in diverse settings to the table, and he's an avid runner himself. In terms of trail culture, he's got a social crew that meets at Holler Trails in KZN every Wednesday at 5 for a run and a beer. So if you find yourself in that area, please do join them. Today we'll be focusing on the injury journey, how it's so much more than just losing fitness, the role that a bio can play in that journey, and we also touch on some strategies for the modern day athlete uh, to combat their desk job and to just line up on, on race day in the best shape that they can, even when life happens to them. Hope that you guys enjoy the episode. Cool. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Trail Culture. I'm so stoked to have Francois Janse van Rensburg on the podcast today. We've imported him all the way from KZN. He is a biokineticist, a coach, an athlete, a husband and, and a good friend. Born and raised in Kakamas, he studied at Stellenbosch and his running journey grew alongside his academic one. If he isn't, if that wasn't enough to keep him busy, he is also, he met his wife Claire at university and their journey took them back to KZN where they're based now. Francois brings a unique skill to the table where he's combined his knowledge of biokinetics and strength and conditioning to coach his athletes to, the, to get to their best potential. So I had the privilege of studying with Francois and he is one of the best and brightest in our class. I remember that from, from early days. And every time he asked a question, I realized that I needed to study more. Um, and in his words, both coach and athlete need to be committed to the goal for ultimate success. I love that. Welcome, Francois. Thanks so much, Em. It's a privilege to be here. I know, it's so good to have you. So Francois, first up, biokinetics. I mean, this is a growing field Growing field in South Africa, um, Bio was founded in, in SA. I think a lot of people don't know that. I've seen so much success, not only in my own um, life and training, but in, in that of my athletes as well with working with the Bio um, and bringing you guys in and the expertise that you've got. Um, I get the idea that a lot of athletes still don't exactly know what biokinetics is, and we're going to talk about where it fits in, but let's start with the basics. What is biokinetics? So, yeah, I agree. I think... Um in the bigger scheme of things, it's still a young profession, actually. Um, and it's not available in a lot of countries over the world. But to, to, to break it down, I normally say to people, like, if you go to a doctor, he's going to give you antibiotics. Um, if you come to me, I'm going to try and assess your movement, your biomechanics, and then I'm going to prescribe exercises, which is basically my form of medicine or antibiotics. So uh, biokinetics is obviously life through movement. So it's mm -hmm. all about trying to find the initial cause for an injury and then provide the correct exercises to address it. Yes. And I also think that a big thing that people don't know about it, it's not just injuries. We work with a lot of actually healthy people that just comes for maintenance, they come for postural work. And um, yeah, it's, 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 it's actually a very broad field. We work with people with diabetes, people with cancer, cardiovascular diseases, yes. all of these kind of things. Awesome. No, the movement specialist, that's definitely what I think about when, when I think of, of you and kind of bios in general. Um, I think, Francois, so that is what biokinetics is. And something, the, the, the most asked question is why or when do I, do I see a bio? So you've just said now it's not just 
kind of injured people or one type of person. Um, yeah, comments y- on that. Yeah, so, I mean, we normally associate a bio with injury, which is, which is true. I mean, that's probably um, the first thing that we'll work on. And a lot of our referrals come from physiotherapists or chiropractors, um, some surgeons. So it's not, it, it, it's firstly for everyone, but generally those are our, they feed us. So we okay. get most of our clients from there. Um, but generally, if it's post-surgery, it's when you are pain-free or pain is managed and when range of motion has returned. Okay. That would be a good a good time to visit a buyer. Okay. And I, I've read um, and heard some things recently about kind of pre-surgery biokinetics appointments where you've got an athlete coming in, say, I think one of, let's use a typical example of you've, you've done your, your ACL or, mm. or one of your, your knee ligaments and you know that you have to go for a surgery. Talk a little bit about kind of seeing you guys reducing recovery time um, after surgery. Yeah, it's it's... It's like if you if you are stronger going in, you'll recover quicker. So if we can build up the supporting structures of that ligament that was damaged in the first place, it just makes sense that when you return, those muscles were at a better or higher level than before you went in, yes. and you will regain functionality a lot quicker. Um, there's a lot of muscle memory there, and you'll be back in no time. Awesome. Yeah, I think that's that's valuable. That's something yeah. I've just seen recently with um, I've got a couple of athletes who the labrum uh, runners. That's always just such a yeah a devastating. I think some some athletes when you get a diagnosis, there's certain kind of ones that you're like, oh, I'll bounce back, and there's other ones that people associate with almost career ending. It's almost also confidence. Like yes. if you go in strong, it's almost like the tendency is there to believe that you will come back and yes. you'll be even stronger than what you were. No, that's that's good. And and being able to walk that with I mean you've got you've got a coach, you've got a buyer, I know you for both roles, which is so cool. But having multiple people along the rehabilitation or prehabilitation phase believing in you and seeing success, yeah, just in more than one area, I think yeah. for the athlete psyche when you're injured, yeah, that's that's that does Definitely. a lot. And we're gonna talk about that that a little bit um, later but programming where does kind of seeing a bio fit into the program I mean how if we if we're talking about runners in the context of or not just runners but working with an athlete um, I know for maybe the older population a, a bio program would be physically challenging but do you see it as the same level as s does it depend where in the phase like the athlete is yeah so how does it fit into their typical kind of training week or, or program so like you just um, rightfully said, it, it very much depends on where they are. If it comes post a surgery of any kind, normally you'd obviously start off very slow with them. Um, if it's a lower body injury, they'll normally start by swimming or cycling or things like that. And then it's all about managing that load. So you want to expose the site to as much as you can without causing harm. Yes. So generally what what I suggest is try and get out there and do mobility. You almost want to do that on a daily basis. Try and get back some cardiovascular um, fitness through cycling or swimming. So if I have to break it down in a week where on on a Monday, for instance, you'll do 
your rehab session or outline. If you don't go to a bio every time, it's fine. You can give your homework. If you can do that on a Monday, a Tuesday and a Thursday, you can utilize for more cardiovascular training. Um, and Wednesday and Friday, you do your rehab. Yeah. Saturday, maybe Sunday is a rest day, and Saturday you just do your mobility. So it all depends on that. When it comes to someone that's injured, but not to that extent, I, I almost want to say I'll try and adapt what the person has been doing. I, I'm not the type of person that wants to take you out of your sport completely. Okay. So I find that that is in a way motivational for the athlete, um, or not just athlete, any person. Um, if he can continue with what he was doing, but yeah. at the lower intensity. So it's almost like um, I met a buyer once at the Sharks and he said to me, it's not a rehab program, it's an adapted gym program. So oh, yes. it's it's good to think of it in that way. Yeah, don't don't make it don't make an injured athlete feel more like an injured athlete. Exactly. Just make them feel like exactly. the athlete that they are. Yes. Yeah, that's really cool. Um and Francho working with I mean, I know that kind of return to return to play, return to running, you you kind of are good at that phase, specializing in that almost I wanna say, but for for athletes who come to you as a preventative measure, do you see a lot of kind of runners or athletes in that way where they, you know, it's like fear of injury is, is bringing them to the bio? I think in, in, so like we, when we had our chat previously, it it's firstly a monetary thing. So not everyone can afford doing that. And secondly, it's about how seriously they take their sport. So if not being able to perform their sport, whatever it may be for a long duration of time, they'd be more willing to come in pre-injury. Let's say there's a little bit of a niggle or body gives a sign that something is not completely right. Those are the type of people that are more open to try that. Um, Yeah, so I wouldn't say the general public, most people will will attempt to do that, yeah. And do you you see... Would you like to see biokinetics go more that way? I mean, we've we've spoken about movement specialists. There's like the health and wellness element to this. I think injury is, it's a very specific side, but in terms of movement, we, we built to do that. And I think we move a lot less than we should. We're going to talk about the, the desk jockey side of things just now, but is that where you would kind of like to see biokinetics move towards? Yes, definitely. The reason being, I, th- I think it's beneficial for, for both the, the bio and and the, the client. Yeah. Um, I think ideally what you want, say for instance, you, you have like-minded people that want to do the same event. What you actually want or need is for him and her and their friends to form a little group of say four or five people and come to us in the lead up to that event okay. and like maybe train for three months. Yes. That decreases cost and we, through that, get them stronger for the event, but also contribute to preventing injury. And that's so cool. There's that camaraderie of like yes, you exactly. training with your friends, it's motivational, but, and is that kind of, you, you can assume training load wise the, the type of fitness you would like to see because they're training for a similar event that that they're on kind of a similar level exactly i mean it's very easy in the session to adapt something for you and for me like yeah it's it's not rocket science um 
um, if you are a lady and you're much smaller than the guy next to you, it's just a, a bit of lighter weight. So it's not you, you in a group setting, you can still adapt certain things for each individual in the group okay. um, and get them to a similar strength yeah. and into a similar condition. Yeah. Okay. And I mean, it sounds like you've got experience with working with, with groups like that. Um, and do you find athletes when they come and see you, I remember one seeing, seeing a bio and he was like, you get two different types of kind of person, uh, ones who, who know their bodies and ones who don't. And I remember, cause I think you guys call it queuing where you like, you use specific cues. I've had the most hilarious ones. It's like, um, I think I came to you for foot rehab once and then and then you kind of were like, imagine this is a sponge and then you want to squash all the water out of the sponge and so things like that. And then you use the cue to get the movement um, because, you know, if you say, take your flexor halicus longus and do this, I'm gonna, even as a sports yeah. scientist, I'm going to be like, what is that? Um, but seeing the progress or of athletes knowing their bodies versus knowing, do you see a lot of runners or athletes who don't know their bodies despite being athletic yeah definitely okay um we definitely see a vast variety of people and you would get people that's unreal runners but if you put them in a gym setting they can't perform any of the movements okay so yes definitely um and you have to be um a lot more involved when that person is in the session okay um to make sure and teach what i what i would sometimes do i would while the group is doing a circuit, say there's two or three other people, I'll just take that person into a separate space and be like, okay, I see that you can't perform a hip pinch. Let me just try and break it down and explain to you. And as soon as he, he gets it, he goes back into the circuit and he continues. Okay. Um, so so that instant kind of yeah, learning. Some don't. Um, for some people, it is obviously more challenging. Um, and that's where you have to become very creative in the way that you that you cue or explain the exercise. Okay. Um, I remember in I think it was in our honors year we had to turn away from our um, fellow students and explain an exercise verbally, and everyone had to keep their eyes closed. And it's crazy what we got. Oh, wow. It's such a good way of teaching you that com communication in this setting and in the environment that we work in is it's everything. It's so key. Yeah. yeah, that's like a form of broken telephone. I'm exactly. sure you would have got Yes, 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 exactly. Things. And yeah, that interpretation as well mm. of, of what you've said. No, that's, yeah. That's crazy. Um, that's actually, I should have started with this front row, but I mean, you, you studied at, at Cinemash University. Mm. You did an undergrad and then honors and then specialized in, in biokinetics. Um, what, what made you do that? So I don't know if a lot of people know this, but I studied medicine for a year and about four months in Bloemfontein, actually. So, I mean, even from school, I've had this this need to know more about the human body. Um, I was not interested in animals and plants. Um, I wanted to know more about the human body. Um, so I don't think it was actually a new thing when I decided to actually pursue this. Mm -hmm. um, at school, I also considered doing physiotherapy at some stage. So, yeah, it was always deep down, I think, meant to be this way. And this okay. is what I was meant to do, yeah. That's cool. And as you, I mean, 
talk to anybody who's done an honors of when they started versus, versus mm. when they finished and I'm putting you on the spot with this now but was did biokinetics did you experience biokinetics and learning to become a bio and that that final year those two years where you you just are a bio essentially um did you was it what you expected i mean what what were some of the the real challenges or things that were just totally different it's like a learned thing versus the textbook thing i think that's what i'm i think it's completely different um there's only so much that you can learn from a book and unfortunately you as a person and the picture of you in the textbook there's so much variety within our bodies and we respond so differently you can't say an ankle sprain will take two weeks to heal it doesn't work that way so i found that undergrad for me to become a bio does didn't mean that much yeah but that year of doing my internship under brilliant guidance yes. is what made me the bio I am. Yeah. Obviously now working afterwards, you pick up new things and you start, you start changing the way you treat, etc. Yes. But there's nothing that can teach you that practical aspect yeah. or experience that you gain. Yeah. So it's, it's very different. I think, I think a lot of universities are going the route where they study bio from year one and you okay, can't then yeah you can't then you can't do a broad sports science and then specialize doing honors in bio they have like a four year bio degree and your internship is part of that oh, wow. i don't know the intricacies of the degree in that way but i think they get a bit more practical exposure from earlier on okay if that is the case i think it's i think it's very good it's incredibly valuable yeah. yes the only limiting thing is that if you're on year two you can't change to kinetics or to high performance or to yes. coaching or any of those things so that's the downfall of that okay but i think you're seeing seeing that ankle from the textbook yourself and you know how how did it how did it get injured what what was the impact was it yeah a standalone like the mechanism thing. Was of there injury, something else? Yeah. yeah, the mechanism of injury. Um, in what condition was the athlete before the ankle was injured? You know, all of those things. I think seeing it um, for yourself is yeah, it's very is, different. Yeah, it's different, mm-hmm. and I think also that learning curve is so steep. I remember starting honors, and I wasn't even in the more clinical setting that you guys were in, and just thinking, I hope nobody actually comes to me for help because I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> No, that first time that you pull on an ACL or something, you're oh. like, oh, my soul. <laughs> I hope I'm doing this, <laughs> this is This is scary. No, I've actually always thought about, uh, I actually spoke about it with someone in the car earlier, doctors, that day one of surgery, alone surgery, imagine you're the patient knowing, oh, this is my doctor's first time. It's his first time. But it's, it's Hopefully similar. I walk out of here. Hopefully, Hopefully he does through. the correct knee. But imagine like you do your full assessment and it's like it's actually the other (laughs) the other knee but um Francois yeah I know bio good background it's it's really cool to hear where where you've come from how you've learned uh then and I I remember that when I found out that you studied medicine for a bit it was actually very comforting to me because I was like how does one person know this much about physiology we've been in the same class for the same amount of weeks (laughs) Um, (laughs) but um Injuries and athletes, I mean, that, unfortunately, I mean, you've, you've also got the coaching side, so, so you know, and, and you run yourself, but most runners' biggest fear 
injury. And unfortunately, it's it's one of those yeah. things of, of it's when and not if, uh, specifically the nature of the sport. We, we kind of going to deep dive yeah. into trail running now. I know you trail run, you coach trail athletes and... Um, even if you can be as strong as you as you like, you can tick all the, the boxes, but falling and kind of those sort of impact injuries are, are always a reality of, of the game. I mean, even the road runners, um, yeah. you can trip and fall on, mm. on the road. Um, but there is a lot that we can do to prevent that. So I know we've spoke about some of kind of the rehabilitation post-injury, but in terms of prevention, I mean, what what are the most common running injuries that that you see and why do you think that is if we're looking through a prevention lens i mean do you feel like there's space to prevent injuries there definitely is um one of my colleagues will laugh at me if he listens to this podcast because i've been so religious in my gym work yet i'm the one that's injured <laughs> and he's running pain-free without doing too much strength training oh, well. um, life is unfair sometimes <laughs> very unfair um i think what people need need to realize from the start is exactly what you said injury will happen it will come at some point mm-hmm. um i guess the things that i see most is normally ankle and knee related okay when it comes to and and this is actually more your ball game but when it comes to road run you'll see more chronic loading injuries so yeah. it's not proper management and when it comes to trail running yeah your ankle sprains mm-hmm. maybe a meniscus or something so so there's variety in the injuries that you'll see when you compare road to trail running yeah um and like you rightly said you are gonna fall at some point you are gonna sprain your ankle at some point the degree can differ so maybe that's where it actually comes in if if you do a lot of ankle stabilization exercises you you're still gonna fall but the degree that you actually injure yourself might be very different to the one that doesn't didn't do anything before any of these exercises beforehand so it's 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 so difficult to stereotype and say yeah if you do this you're not going to get injured that's not the case yeah it it will come it 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 just i think impacts the severity and it definitely impacts the time that you'll have to spend on the couch yeah Yeah. definitely which and nobody likes the couch yeah Um, exactly francois you can i'm not the technical expert here so correct me if i'm wrong but I think with you guys as trail running, it's a growing sport mm. and I've seen more and more bios like, I mean, you need to treat road and trail athletes. Certain movements are, are similar. Very similar. Um, a lot of it, I think obviously with trail running, the, the surface, leg clearance, the undulating kind of nature of mm. it. And I've seen some really interesting stuff about how to strengthen because the, the range of movement that's certain say let's use the ankle again that's required of your ankles on the road it's pretty it's pretty consistent yeah. but then so strengthening uh, a joint a ligament a muscle through a range of motion i mean for trail runners is that something is that ringing? I, I don't get too technical in the exercises that i give in that regard but if if you think about it it definitely makes sense um if you take the ankle and um i'm going to use more technical terms now but if you think yeah. about dorsiflexion going up a hill yes. definitely you will need much more dorsiflexion in a trail runner yes um i think those kind of things you can make more specific if the group that you work with are all like we just said are gearing up for the same event same okay. type of run same type of terrain you know what yes to and like yeah terrain here and terrain in gazetine is very different like we just spoke about so yeah. I, I don't even have the elevation that you have on your doorstep near me 
and neither does the runners that that I actually coach in KZN itself. So I think if I had to coach an athlete from Stellenbosch, for instance, I would actually need to come and run these mountains to have an idea of what he or she is exposed to. Yes. Because it's so different. You you literally have to place yourself in that athlete's shoes to to be able to comprehend what he or she needs to do to achieve this or get to that point. Yeah. I'm seeing this like this is a Rubik's Cube of looking for the correct combo to get kind of the colors on every side for mm. every athlete yeah. there's certain things that are the same so everybody's got your your red your blue whatever colors are yeah. in the cube but finding that correct combo yeah it's extremely challenging you have to know where your athlete lives you have to yeah. have some information um in regards to the event that he or she will take part in yeah there's there's more than one component um it's more complicated than just making yes. an appointment and walking in yeah. yes exactly so we're actually exactly. asking a lot of you guys um i think i mean you yourself i know you joke now um that that your friend's doing a not doing snc and is running injury free but i'm like you you have i'm reading your blog posting my homework you've seen some great results and sort of reordering um the priorities and prioritizing snc and is that so, I mean, you've got the biokinetics element and the there's an injury element, but you've spoken about there's like a strength and conditioning side. Yeah. So is that is that part of the recipe for success? It's like kind of you have this assessment, but you get to a point where the, the thing that limits you or the injury that limits you is kind of a thing of the past, uh, and then you work towards more specific S&C. Um, the ideal, yes, in the okay. ideal world. Um, but... As you would also know, it's it still remains a challenge to put all of those things in place for an athlete, yes. and to make sure that that athlete sticks to it. I have a, a trail runner that I coach, and he's really brilliant. But even though I've put Jim on his program for the past <laughs> three months, yeah, because he's gearing up to do Sky Run 100k, I, I wonder if he went four times. <laughs> so. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's you have run. to, yeah. And I mean, in his mind, he never gets injured and everything he's tried, he has finished. Okay. So why do I need this? Yes. You know, so it's, it's, it's a very challenging message to convey and a challenging thing to convince an athlete that has done well without it. Yeah. And now he needs to start incorporating it. Yeah. But to answer your question in the ideal world, I would like my athletes to do two fairly specific strength training sessions in a week. Okay. Um, training the slings, um, making sure that you have the leg strength to, to cope with up and down hills. Yep. Um, making sure you have the strength to be on your feet for that amount of time. Yes. So sure. yes, in That's an ideal world, um, for me, I would like my athletes to all do two, two strength, tra- strength training sessions a week. It can only be 30 minutes, 30 yeah. to 45 minutes. It doesn't yeah. have to take an hour. Okay. And you mentioned the slings now, just to define that kind of as the... Yeah, so in, in the human body, we... we well, let's break it down this way. We have myofascia, which is obviously a connective tissue in our body. And basically, from head to toe, you are connected. Yep. So movement in one area impacts or influences movement in another area. So um, it's all about strengthening that whole chain of muscles that needs to work together um, instead of just focusing on a quadricep or on whatever muscle that you need to strengthen. Yeah, it doesn't work in isolation, even though it feels like it sometimes. 
Um, and just to comment on Sean, your athlete who he feels like maybe he doesn't need it to see success. I think what I'm getting from this now is like, what are you putting, what good practice are you putting in place for when you don't see success? I think it's the, the hidden side, so it will come eventually. I'm sorry. So I'm hopefully he doesn't do too good in the next <laughs> run. <laughs> no, I'm like, we get that sky run under the, under the belt. But, um, or even just, I mean, bio as the part of the kind of, not anti-aging, we all mm. age, but mm. aging, aging well, Definitely. making, I mean, this whole movement science, this world that we're in, it's, it's about sustainable exercise yes. practice. Mm. Um, yeah, I just think that's really where I see bio, the message kind of coming through about like, is what you're doing going to work for you throughout all the different phases of your life? You know, when your knees are, are good and then also when your knees have been running for, for 10 to 15 years. Yeah, I think you said it quite well. For me, I'm not the bio that if you come in, I'm going to try and smash you out of the box so that you can't walk tomorrow. That's yeah. That's not the goal. The goal is to give you the stimulation that you need for adaption but allow you to do what you need to do tomorrow as well. Yeah, that's awesome. Like speaking to the primary, we actually, we had Brad um, Williams come and yes, speak on Brad some, some S&C and, and he spoke about kind of different professionals staying in their lane and, but having, you've got the primary, which is running and then, you know, mm. runners are always like, oh, strength is, I don't want to go to the gym, but he's like good and kind of well-planned bio, SNC, all of these things, all the cross training yeah, should speak together. to the primary. Yeah. So you shouldn't, as you said, be so broken from your bio that yeah. you can't walk or exactly, run for yeah. four days. So no, getting, I think knowing that and, and even as an athlete, that empowerment of like talking to your, whoever mm. your kind of healthcare professional is. So, you know, why do I feel like this? Do we need to adjust or yeah, just having the right info is good. Um, Pancho, working with injured athletes is tough for multiple reasons. Um, how do you motivate, and I'm saying athletes in terms of the, the athletes that you see as a bio, but also your own athletes, motivating them through the injury process? So my best results were with the athletes that came to see me in person for bio. Okay. Those were the people that I could keep the most motivated and achieved getting them back to full fitness and trusting the joint or whatever, maybe a muscle injury, to trust that again. Yeah. I find it very challenging when I'm not with the person or I can't see the person in person. Okay. Um, so it, it, although I want to provide the full package, it's almost better for you as the client to go and see a bio in your region and for me to communicate with him or her yeah. because like I just um, I mentioned to you earlier it takes quite a lot of time to put together a kind of a session outline for those specific injuries yeah so to come back to your original question it's very difficult to keep an athlete motivated um, you you really have to be in you have to spend a lot more time on that person. You have to speak to that person a lot more. If you usually only checked in once a week, you now have to do it three times a week. Yeah. Um, you have to keep your eye more on, if you, if you use training peaks, for instance, what they have done and what they didn't do and why not. Yes. Um, something that I learned recently, you need to be creative. They don't like doing the same things over and over. Um, so I think all these small things, 
you catching up with them on a regular basis, you changing what they do on a regular basis. Mm, it, makes a big difference. it all can make a, it's, it's very taxing and I don't think I've gotten it right yet. Um, and as I've said, I'm also not a very emotional person. So I still have a lot to learn on that front mm. um, to, to keep someone motivated even if you yourself as the coach has had to deal with injuries and you know yeah oh, flip, this is going to be a long road yes um and you kind of know what to expect um so yeah it remains a challenge i think it's just important to to touch on the multiple different aspects of the injury and the physical injury is actually the least of your worries because yeah. that can be fixed but to make that athlete believe that he's going to actually get back to full fitness and you might might even be stronger afterwards yeah. that's that's the challenge yeah and and they don't they're not doing what they love uh, exactly while they're in the rehab process i think that's always just a hard thing it's like that mental purely from a this is how i process information this is part of my routine mm -hmm. it's not just uh i'm injured it's not everything is different yeah and if 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 you think about yourself going for an easy run is it has much more impact on you than just the physical fitness. Yes. It It's like your downtime. It's maybe if you're religious, maybe that's your time where you maybe pray or, or things like that. So it's much more than just the just, fitness element yeah. or it's community. Like yes, people, people, yeah, they go for easy runs with a group of 10 other people. And those are actually some of their best friends. And maybe it's the only time of the week that they see them. So it creates a huge disconnect um, from the community that he or she loves. Yeah. So there's more than one aspect and thing that one needs to keep in, in mind when, when someone is injured. Um, then you have to maybe suggest other ways to see those same, those same people to yes. still remain involved and keep in touch with them. That's so cool. I can hear this is coming from an experience thing. It's really nice to see you kind of like learn as you go and, and even when coaches work through injuries, I think you yeah. are a lot more empathetic with your athletes. But yeah, the, the checking in more frequently, the mm. the finding other ways, encouraging them to to still get out. Uh, yeah, we even chatted about it now. It's like mm. crewing for them or still going to, to those events, putting yourself in that space. And even if you, I mean, just like with training, you hit motivational dips, rehabilitation yeah. is the same. You feel like I'm not seeing not a breakthrough. Progress, or it's yeah. uncomfortable. Sometimes it's painful. Um, you know, and then it's like seeing seeing those friends putting yourself in that space just reminds you like, oh, I actually do really yeah. want to be back here. Yeah. Oh, injuries, man. It's, it's always <laughs> part of the game. That's part of the game. Um, and I think this is uh, the the modern day athlete, Francois. That's kind of what I, I wanted to to talk to you about. Um, I know you're one of the most organized people I know, um, which I think you, if your wife listens to this, she'll, to she'll agree with me, um, but which is going to come in, in handy here. And I know that athletes um, who perform at a high level, it's very rare that you have somebody who gets to run um, full time or even you know, people have families, day jobs, other other kind of responsibilities, lots of things they need to fit in as, as well as their training. And for, for the desk jockeys, uh, the ones who sit for eight to 10 hours, which is, I'm sure you experience this a lot of people, um, as a bio and a coach, I mean, how do you approach their training differently? I'm talking like you've been sitting for six plus hours. Does that play a role if you assess somebody as, as a patient, as a bio, um, 
And even as a coach, do you take that into consideration? Um, let's look at it from a bio perspective. Um, generally with those people, I try and ingrain some, some cues for posture. Um, and the big thing you need to remember, if you see me for 45 minutes in a day, there's still eight hours that you're going to spend at work. Yes. So you can't rely on that 45 minutes to make the necessary changes. Okay. It's a, it's a, it's a change in mentality. It's a, it's a change in lifestyle. Um, there's many things you can do at your desk to make sure that you don't get stuck in a position, you know, um, put on color notes somewhere, um, set an alarm to get up every now and then. I know it's, it's so like, that's what everyone says, but it's actually at the end of the end of the day, those are the things that work. Yeah. You need to, you need to make it part of your day. Um, if you have a coffee shop near you, go and buy a coffee or, or something like that. I would Break be at the up. coffee shop permanently, but <laughs> yes. So Break up that routine of just sitting. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, and I mean like things like standing desks. Make sure that your that your setup at your desk is perfect. Um, when it comes to desk height, when it comes to your chair, when it comes to where you position your screens. Yeah. Do you have a keyboard? Do you work on a laptop? Um, all of these things plays a, a very important role. Um, I find that people that has an 85 job it's better if they do their run in the morning or okay. their training in the morning um because after a long day you're not necessarily motivated yeah um so i think it's more beneficial to to do it earlier in the morning and and to get it done um yeah i, I just think that that benefits the athlete yeah just get it sorted yes. then even whatever your kind yeah. of your day throws at you isn't, Definitely. isn't as bad um and i mean in terms of planning programming we've all been a place now we're speaking about time management when do you yeah. fit your sessions in and 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 um we've all come to a place where you are playing catch up um and so as a coach where do you sacrifice sessions and where do you prioritize different ones so if you've got yeah, what do you sacrifice? What do you prioritize and why? In terms of, I'm looking at somebody now who, say, let's take someone who's training for a marathon. So you've got Mweni, mm. it's technical. You've got the running element, the strength element, the bio element. They've had a full day. What, what do you shift? What do you prioritize? So I think the, the first thing that the athlete needs to realize is you can't catch up. Yeah. Where you are at now, you have to build from there. The runs you've missed, you've missed. Um, trying to, to catch up in terms of running is, it, it can be detrimental. You're probably going to get injured. Yeah. Um, you're going to either get injured or you're going to get sick. One of those two, because yes. your immune system takes a beating because now you're stressed about the run, but you're also stressed about the amount of training you've done or not done this and that, etc. So for me personally, I, I don't, obviously you have to if the person is not on the level to do the week that you had in mind for that stage, yeah. you have to take a step back. Um, so you'll have to unfortunately decrease volume and intensity, even though it doesn't reach what you had in mind. Yeah, the perfect. That's unfortunately that's unfortunately where your where your athlete is at. Is at. Um, and if you if you plan the block of say for instance high intensity stuff to sharpen up. You might need to decrease the time of that. Um, for me, 
I like to, if it's a trail run and it's very technical and it's very strenuous, I like to then increase strength training. And also if the person has access to a bike, that's also brilliant. Um, so even if he can't go to gym twice, he can maybe cycle. Yeah, um, some aerobic work Yes, done. because at the same time, he can do hill repeats on the bike as well, but it's at the end of the day going to be less strenuous. Yeah. So you have to you have to utilize different ways to achieve the same goal without burning out your athlete yes. on his feet. Yeah. So I put a bit more emphasis on that. Sleep, what you eat, all those kind of things. Yeah. Becomes more important for that person who missed out on runs than it is for yes. you who have completed your whole training block. Okay. So you, you like don't don't catch up? And then prioritize the low yeah. hanging. So don't sacrifice now sleep, nutrition, yeah. and 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 for the sake yes. of a session. And the I the idea of something rather than nothing. Um, how do you feel about that? I sometimes, depending on the athlete, because you do get the ones who stress run mm. to try yeah. catch up. But I I tell people sometimes like, okay, you don't have the hour. We planned an hour. What do you what do you have? Fifteen minutes it's 15 more minutes than you would have had. If it's an easy run, I'm not talking, yeah. please don't try and do your speed sessions. In Start off minutes. at three minutes per game in the first, first minute. Imagine it's like, yeah. I'm going to skip the warm up and, and just, just do, the do the intervals. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, what do, you, what do you feel about that? Something rather than nothing? For me, every session that you do needs to have a goal. To go out willy-nilly and just do it for the sake of, of, of doing it if you, if you don't feel up to it today and your body has taken a beating and I just feel like the 15 minutes that you go and run, how will it benefit you? I hear you. Or will yeah. it benefit you at all? Or will it actually cause you to be more tired that you can't do your quality session tomorrow? Yeah. So I think it's, it's in a lot of cases again depends on your athlete because for some people it's just a peace of mind i've done something and if it's just to clear your head fine yeah but i don't think one needs to like rather consider that as just that it was for my mental well-being yes, yes. it was not for me to become fitter or stronger okay so you're looking at what is the actual goal yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. look at look at the more holistic picture of mm -hmm. that person if sure. he relies on it to feel good then cool let him do it yeah. but if he's burnt out and he doesn't need it then rather just skip it take the rest take a power nap for that 15 hour. minutes yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. rather okay. I, I think we we sometimes neglect the positive impact of sleep yeah we sure. i don't know all the recent research but sleep is essential for recovery and adaption Mm. So rather than use those 15 or 30 minutes, have a, have a, have a nice, nice yeah, nap yeah. and then go on with your life. Yeah, you'll still be a, a nicer person after a nap. Yes. Like a run and a nap pretty much work, works exactly, similarly. Exactly. I'm actually, I'm uh, reading a book, Why We Sleep. Uh, that's got all the research, all the things, okay, but cool. it's, uh, I need to finish it. But I'm, I'm busy being kind of convicted of my terrible habits. <laughs> and I'm like, what we think is enough sleep. I'm mm. like, basically add two more hours. It's yeah. actually terrifying. Yeah. Anyway. Um, Francois, we kind of touched on now, like the low hanging fruit, the sleep recovery, nutrition, programming. There's a lot that goes into as a coach, as a bio, getting an athlete to race there. I think 
I mean, I've been doing this for a while. I can probably count on two hands how many times it's gone exactly according to plan. So when things don't go according to plan, you've had missed sessions, sick kids, lots of travel, whatever the thing, the issue is. Um, what is your kind of encouragement for athletes in the lead up to, to race day? So now this is like race week, you know, and they've, they phone you and they just say, I feel the plan hasn't happened. So what now? So I think we, when it comes to race week, it's a bit late, <laughs> but <laughs> if, if it's, if it's two or three weeks out and you see what's left of training and you look back at what you have done and what you could not have done. I'm very straightforward. If I feel like you, you're not ready, I'll say to you, look, don't you want to reassess and maybe attempt a different event? It doesn't have to be next year. It can, it can be maybe two weeks later. Yeah. Um, look at other, other options. The shorter distances. Yes. Mm. Or like you just mentioned, if, if there's a shorter distance available on race day, find out and if 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 they're willing to to do that for you rather do that because i want you to feel good about the event that you did take part in yeah and i want you to look back and be proud of the training that you did do and to be confident in that so it's 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 very tricky like obviously not all your athletes will be willing to do either of those yeah so i mean at the end of the day the choice does end up with them having to decide what they what they pick and choose and what they want to do yeah i think it's a big energy kind of expenditure it's like a the training the experience everything but actually on on race day i think people forget and again we're talking more about the marathon distance the Mm -hmm. the four plus hours of, of on your feet and yeah, to do to get to do all of that and be underprepared and choose and then to have a bad result, kind of the knock on effect of that can be not wanting to run again. Yes. It yeah. Or well, like a dip for a motivational time, dip yeah. for training mm. and I mean that's without like hopefully no no injuries. So yeah. I think there's and I mean different for athlete to athlete. There are certain people who yeah. if they've got experience, you know, it's like maybe maybe this race not going so well is gonna just motivate you to yes. to get to the training. But yeah, I think the more the less experienced athlete, there's less wiggle room to take that risk. Um, and Francois rehabbing, some say you've got an athlete, they've they've had an injury, um, they've they've done the work, they've done the rehab, and it's learning to trust your body again. Um, I've just I've had this quite recently. A couple of my athletes, it's now I mean UTCT is coming up, yeah. and this is going to be the first big test. But I'm talking about they've done it in training, to they've the done the hours, yeah. but that fear i literally had a message this morning of what if x happens again in the race i mean have you had that how do you encourage your all your your patients who have events you know how do you get them to kind of trust the work that they've done yeah it's a it's a it's a good question and i don't think i have all the answers to that question but it's i think if a if a if a client or patient gets to that point Generally, you just have to make sure that they actually look back on on those things that they have done. And sometimes, like say for instance, someone is injured and I bring bring them into the gym setting and I make them perform a certain movement, but they're hesitant to do it. I look at what they do in their daily life and they've been doing that 
in their daily life every day. Okay. But now suddenly being forced into doing that specific thing in a controlled setting. Yeah. Meanwhile, you've been doing it in an uncontrolled setting. Yes. So they they also have to, you, you can make it more visible to them that the things that you have done in the lead up to this event is potentially more strenuous than what you're going to experience on the day. Yes, that's such a cool perspective. So you have to, you have to kind of like, that needs to hit home. Um, and they have to realize, look, I've actually done much more than, than, than what I will be exposed to on the day. Yeah. Um, not always, but I mean, they, if, if, if someone is doing UTCT, they definitely would have ran those trails if they live in this vicinity. And if they live in a different area, they were exposed to some technical terrain where they are. And yeah. I'm sure that you as a coach have kind of like forced them to run certain surfaces at certain times. Um, so they've been exposed to it. Yeah. Um, they must just remember that the stuff that they have done, it was done for a reason. Yeah. It all had a purpose and that they are actually strong enough to to accomplish what they have set themselves yeah. out to do. No, that's so cool. And yeah, I think just <laughs> the sport is a risk. Mm, definitely. All the time. And to, any sport. To, to anything. Yeah, yeah. And it's like just, I think the risk is, is worth it. But even yeah. athletes who go through the rehab process, we've spoken about now, like it's challenging mentally, Very, physically, yeah. emotionally. And I think sometimes the satisfaction of when you actually get out there, you're like, oh, flip the journey that I've been through for the last however many months is actually tougher than my ultra experience, which exactly. yeah, that's like the goal. That's actually my, my hope. And just to rediscover that this is fun. And I like, like the first thing it is, it's you do this cause you love it and it's fun. You know, everything else kind of comes. comes yeah. After I mean, that. if your event is 10 hours on the day, imagine the hours that you have put in to get to the start yeah. of that event. Yeah. The event itself is the smallest part of the whole journey. Yeah. No, that's true. And Francois, I mean, I, I can't, the time literally has flown, but event wise, what's up next for you? I know you've done some good pacing work for, for free. You ran in Wayne earlier this year, yes. which is a flipping tough run. Yeah, well done. Tough. Um, and then you paced a friend. Yeah. At name. the Carcliffe hundred miler. Yes. Um, that was also a challenge. We did our last 20 Ks from 2 a.m. in the morning oh, and it was raining and dark. <laughs> so yeah, but it, I mean, it was such an experience. Um, the only other thing I've lined up for this year, I want to do the Upper Highway Trail Marathon. Okay. That takes place in um, Hillcrest, Kloof area. Um, so, yeah, we'll have to have to nice. wait and see how that goes. And that's still on the cards for this year? Yes, awesome. I think that's the 9th of December. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Nice. Yeah. And next year, we enter the Two Oceans Ultra. Okay. Me and my Making wife. Making a road appearance. So Love it. Th- I think that will be the one and only time. Um, we're going to run together. Yeah. <laughs> can can we have this discussion off air? Um, and great. then we we really keen to try and give Otto a go next year and, oh, awesome. and yeah right. save up for that event. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Um, I don't know for those who don't know, Claire, she'll be she'll be on here soon to to give us some of the ins and outs of of movement and Pilates and cross training and running. She's she's also a disciplined um, um athlete. But Francois, you're I mean this is hard because you you find yourself in two places and I know the, all of us who are here want you to come back but favorite trail and why so 
like I said, when I was still living in Cape Town or in Stellies, I didn't actually run all that much. So there's, I think there's so much to explore here, but the Yonkersuk Valley will always be a special place to, to do some runs in. Awesome. Um, I, I, I really enjoy being, being here and doing that. Um, and then Mweni was quite a special trail. It's hectic, but it was very special. And then um, Skyrun, which I did last year. Yes. Although it was also very tough, it was beautiful. It was unbelievable. Um, so I would say those are up there awesome. with the with the my favorite trails. And then in Amshloti, we have the small bush loop with some stairs, and it's like a forest. So it's beautiful and there's a lot of wildlife and stuff so Stunning. that's my little piece backyard. of heaven in yeah. my backyard um so yeah those would be my my favorite ones yeah awesome. i think i remember um seeing claire actually at valor which is the one aid station at skyrun yeah. and and she was like like and you can't track we can't track you guys no. it's wild i mean that's wild mountain running for sure and i remember watching you come in and being like oh my word you look so strong and i think i asked you like how's it going and you were like this is hectic, but you had this massive smile on your face. Like, I mean, I think the trail was, happy was to get there, to yeah, reach you, were that. Like, you were like, I've, like, I've reached this place. And um, yeah, that was just awesome for me to see. And I know you were there in like an athlete and coach capacity, which is always yeah. so hard. Um, so no, well done. And I'm going to have to ask you this question again after you've done the otter to see what, what if the there's any trail. changes. <laughs> but Francho, um, where can we find you? I know we were lucky enough to import you from, from KZN for this chat, but social media practice, give us, it'll all be in the show notes, but where do we find yeah, you? Yeah, so Traverse Coaching on Instagram and Facebook and LinkedIn. Awesome. Um, and then practice, I practice from the Fit24 in Belito. So once in BT Drive, it's in the Odyssey Center. Awesome. So that's the main the main practice, and then also I see some clients in Mshloti as well. Um, so from a physical bio perspective, that's the two spots that that you can find me in. Yeah. Good. Uh, I mean, for for all the the friends in KZN, this is this man. That's where that's where you can find him. Um, yeah, Francho. I mean, we wish we could have you back here, but they are lucky to have you on that side. Um, and for any anybody who the the Kalkamas boy, you would never say. I'm like this English is, is so perfect. So we've got <laughs> it's, this. It, it's it's becoming up now. So <laughs> we need to get to the end of our conversation. <laughs> I love it. You're starting to finish. You actually said the same thing. Um, but yeah, Francho, thank you so much. Oh, the other place actually that, that people can find you if you want to meet this man in person is Holler Trails every Wednesday. I believe it's five o'clock. Yes, five p.m. every 5 Wednesday. PM after work. Five so. and a eight point. 7k run yeah nice. so you can see the man walks the walk he does the, the actual running that he prescribes um and yeah i know that's an awesome social group that yeah. you guys have got going we spoke about community and the importance of that and i mean that's what this is all about trail exactly. culture coming together so francois thank you for your time no thank we're you i have to have you back again the questions are endless but i do appreciate it thank you emma i appreciate it There you have it, everyone. What an awesome chat with Francois around injuries, how to approach the, the rehab journey, how to even prep if you know that you're going to be going in for something like a surgery and just to put yourself in the best possible position to recover. So awesome to hear some of Francois's insights around how he has worked with, with injured athletes, not only as a bio, but also as a coach. And we'll definitely be having him back. Thanks for tuning in and I'll see you all next week for our next episode.